Welcome to the weekly podcast of Covenant Grace Church. Covenant Grace Church is one church meeting in multiple locations. This message was recorded at our Menifee campus. This morning, we're going to be looking at um, what the Proverbs have to say about friendship. And friendship is cool, but it's, it, it is a really weird thing. Um, one really wise sage um, said this about friendship. It may have been a wise sage, or it may have been uh, Bill Murray. Um, I don't know, it's, it's hard to tell, but it says, he said, friendship is so weird. You just pick a human you've met, and you're like, yep, I like this one, and then you just do stuff with them, you know? So it's as simple as that, but, um, you know, for some of us, it's not that simple, and, and I, don't think it's, um, I don't think it's too crazy either to say that friendship is kind of in crisis in our culture. Um, there's, there were studies that I was looking at um, that kind of uh, studied friendship over the last 20 years, and the number of close friends that people have is actually declining. Um, so we have fewer friends now than we did 20 years ago. And we have fewer close friends too. So about 20 years ago, you would have three really close friends that you could kind of lean on. And today that number's down to two. And it can't drop much more, right? I mean, <laughs> once we get down to zero, it's going to be really sad. But um, even there's a recent New York Times article back in November um, that reported this, and this was, what, this was one of the things that really hit me this week. It, it said this, um, this first time it happened, or at least the first time it drew national attention, the corpse of a 69-year-old man had been lying on the floor for three years without anyone noticing his absence. His monthly rent and utilities had been withdrawn automatically from his bank account. Finally, after his savings were depleted in 2000, the authorities came to his apartment and found his skeleton near the kitchen um, with its, uh, its uh, flesh picked clean by maggots and beetles just a few feet away from his next-door neighbor. And this was in Japan. And um, as I looked at it, they actually have their own Japanese word for this thing occurring, this lonely death. Um, and I probably shouldn't try to pronounce it, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's called uh, Kodakushi, and it's, it's this lonely death. It's become such a big phenomenon over there. And so, you know, people are lonely. I mean, people are out there literally dying alone, but I think a lot of us, and a lot of us can relate to, um, you know, kind of dying alone on the inside, right? Craving those um, friendships and those relationships. Um, and, I, and I know some of us in this room feel that, and I know that there have been even people that have left the church because they just don't feel connected. Um, and so I think this morning, Proverbs can give us some really deep and profound wisdom and some practical wisdom in this area. And so that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at the Proverbs. We're going to be flipping through. Um, so you might want to stretch out your fingers right now. Um, if you like to kind of follow along, we're going to be looking at several different Proverbs and what they have to say on this topic of friendship. And um, we're really going to look at just two things. So we're going to keep it simple. Um, the Proverbs show us that we must first find good friends, and then we must keep good friends. And that's it. That's all we'll look at this morning. Find good friends and keep good friends. Let me pray, then we'll jump in. Father, um, we are thankful for your word. We're thankful that there are so many good friends in this room, but I pray that you would teach us this morning uh, from the Proverbs. Give us wisdom. We pray in your son's name. Amen. All right, so first off, uh, Proverbs shows us that we've got to find good friends. We must find good friends. And you might think, well, why? 
Hopefully you ask the question, why? It's a good question to ask. Um, and we need, friend, we need good friends first because it's not good to be alone. And if you want to flip to Proverbs 18.1, we're going to be flipping fast. But um, Proverbs 18.1 says, Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. So Proverbs 18.1, this Proverbs is actually an echo of what God said to Adam in the garden, right? Remember that? Way in the beginning, he said it's not good for man to be what? Alone, right? It's not good for man to be alone. And what's really cool about this is God said this to Adam before he sinned, before sin ever entered into the world. So it's not like Adam sinned and then he's like, well, now I can't leave you alone. You know, I can't trust you alone now. No, this was something that was in the design of Adam and in the design of you and I. It's not good for us to be alone. Um, we call this a feature, not a flaw, right? It's not a bug in our design. It's, it's a feature. It's supposed to be there. It's not a mistake. And so um, you, you might, may have even heard um, Blaise Pascal. He said that we have been designed with a God-shaped hole, and the Bible also tells us that we have been designed with a friend-shaped hole. And we need that filled. And, and we will fill it. Um, we just want to do it with wisdom, right? Um, so uh, one pastor put it this way. Um, he said the ache of, uh, for friendship is one ache that is part of Adam's perfection. God made us in such a way that we cannot enjoy paradise without friends. God made us in such a way that we cannot enjoy joy itself without friends. Human friends, <laughs> right? Adam had a perfect quiet time every day, 24-7, right? Never had a dry one, and yet he needed friends. He walked with God, and yet he needed friends. And so, um, you know, it, not only do we see we need friends from the Bible, but um, it's actually, like, good for your health <laughs> to have friends. So some of these statistics you may have heard before. Um, friends can actually inspire each other to adopt healthy habits, People with friends recover more quickly from illness. Social ties reduce stress, which lowers blood pressure. Um, you're 36% more likely to quit smoking if your friends quit smoking. Uh, support from friends can lower heart disease. Social people have a 50% chance of outliving loners. And dementia is 1.64 times more common among lonely people. Um, Getting together with friends helps fight depression. You actually sleep better if you have friends. It's the weirdest thing. Um, and, and so we need friends. It's part of who we are as human beings. It's in our design. The second reason we need friends is, is just because life sometimes is hard, right? And sometimes it's awful. Sometimes it's really bad. So take a look at Proverbs 17, 17. Um, this is such a sweet Proverbs, and this would be a great one to memorize, uh, to commit to memory. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. So that Hebrew word for adversity, um, I kind of looked into how else it's translated in the Old Testament, and it's translated affliction, tribulation, a cry of anguish, calamity, deep distress, oppression, suffering, the thick of danger, and times of trouble. So this brother or this friend that's, that has been born for adversity is born for those times in life when life comes crashing down on you. 
And there's only a couple places in the Bible, if you're looking, flipping through the Bible, there's only a few places where it specifically shows you your purpose in life. Um, one is in Isaiah. It says that God has created us for his glory. It's Isaiah 43, 7. And some of us are more familiar with that. But this is another verse that tells us our purpose in life. That some of us are born to be there for other people in their adversity, in their times of trouble, in their calamity. When life comes down, that's the purpose of our lives. So I want you guys to think about, like, who is it on this planet right now that I was born to be there for them in this difficult time that they're going through? Because that's what Proverbs tells us. Uh, is one of the purposes um, for us being being here on the planet. So why else do we need friends? You you may think, well, I've got a lot of friends. Like, look at, you know, I've got 412 on, you know, on Facebook. I have 176 followers on, you know, Instagram or or, uh, Snapchat. And um, not so fast. Um, Because the Proverbs also say, take a look, um, this is Proverbs 18, 24. Proverbs 18.24, it says right there, look in your Bibles, it says, a man of many Facebook friends may come to ruin. No, no, it says a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And you might think, how do these companions, how do these Facebook friends bring me to ruin? There are lots of ways. (laughs) Um... There's, there's this tech blogger, and, and I love this quote. It, it's not too long, but I want to read it. But it sh- kind of shows some of the, the um, pitfalls of social media. It says, on a slightly deeper note, there's something about the relentless happiness of people on Facebook that I find monstrous. Everyone is apparently always somewhere better than I am. <laughs> and what's more, they're having a brilliant time. My life is not like that. In reality, no one's life is like that. These are, of course, constructive narratives, our best ofs, but sometimes it's hard to reason to yourself that these people aren't having fun all the time when all you ever see them in is pictures of them having fun all the time. I suddenly start feeling pangs of inadequacy and jealousy, and these people are supposed to be my friends. Um, In this regard, Facebook is truly poisonous, and I don't want to uh, you know, Facebook isn't all bad. I don't want to come down on it too hard. Um, but you got to be aware of some of those ways that it can be eating away at your heart and even your desire and your capacity for forming real friendships and real relationships. And so, um, you know, some of us might think, oh, I got a lot of companions, and those companions can bring us to ruin. And you might think, you know what? I don't have a whole lot of friends but I've got a great family. I've got this great family. I'm um, not so fast either, because i got a proverb for you too. Um, and some of us don't think this at all. Some of us are, think the opposite. We agree with, with Tennessee Williams, he, who said, um, friends are God's way of apologizing to us for our families. Some of you guys may think that, right? Um, but some of us think, oh, well, you know, i got a lot of family, and they're there for me. Um, proverbs 18.24, again, go, look, look back at this. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So there are people out there that 
are, are just by way of being friends, they're gonna be closer to you than family. Family you're kind of forced into, but a friend is there because they choose to. You know, family may show up during those crisis moments because they feel obligated, because they're family, but a friend uh, chooses to be there for you in those times. Um, and, and if you do have a great family, bring those friends in. You know, let them, uh, let them, let your family love on them too. Um, so, uh, secondly, so, so we, first off, um, we must uh, find good friends, and then we must keep good, oh, no, no, sorry, not yet. <laughs> not keeping good friends yet. So now, how do we find good friends? Okay, how do we find good friends? We talked about why do we find good friends, now how do we find good friends? What do we do? And the Proverbs does have some wisdom for us there too. Flip way back to Proverbs 7. And while you're flipping there, uh, if you remember last week, uh, Eric taught this awesome message, and it's online. If, if you haven't listened to it, it's, it was so good. It was one of my favorite ones from this year. <laughs> it's only been two weeks. No, uh, it was one of my favorite ones in a long time uh, that I can remember. But he talked about how much how attractive wisdom is. You know, and the Proverbs uh, compares wisdom to a, um, a, a beautiful woman in Proverbs 4. And uh, here, again, we get wisdom kind of personified in Proverbs 7, 4. So, you know, the question is, how do we find good friends? We find good friends by gaining wisdom first. So Proverbs 7, 4 says, say to wisdom, you are my sister, and call insight your intimate friend. So we find friends by making friends with wisdom first. And a great way to do that is through the Proverbs. And Eric challenged us um, either last week or the week before, go ahead and read the Proverbs. There are 31 of them or so about. And um, so you can read one of those a day and get through the Proverbs in a month. And so you look at the day, today's the 14th, and you might want to read Proverbs 14. And you know, just kind of let it, let it sink in. Um, snuggle up intimately with the wisdom of those Proverbs, right? Make friends with Proverbs. And then if you look at um, Proverbs 12, 26, now your Bible, the, the, the translation's a little bit difficult on this at times, and so it may be in the note, it may be translated this way, it may be translated slightly differently when you're looking in your Bibles, but you should be able to find this alternate translation in the note. It says, the righteous chooses his friends carefully. If you have a King James, that's how the King James is translated or the new King James. The righteous chooses his friends carefully. And so the Bible does tell us to love everyone, but when it comes to friends, we should be picky with our friends, right? And it's okay to be picky with your friends. And um, what, what's funny about the Proverbs, as I was looking through this, the Proverbs tells us a lot about the types of friends that we shouldn't pick, um, the types of friends that we should actually stay away from. And so listen to some of these Proverbs and you know, just let it... Let it uh, impact the, the types of friends that you, you spend a lot of time with. It says, um, so first off, Proverbs 14, 7. So 14, 7 tells us um, that we uh, should stay away from, these are close friends, right? Well, we can't stay away from all these people, um, but we should keep our distance from fools. Okay, so Proverbs 14, 7 says, leave the presence of a fool, of a fool for there you do not meet words of knowledge. So some of you guys are like, oh, that's really hard. <laughs> you know a lot of fools, but maybe they shouldn't be your best friends. Um, your closest friends shouldn't be gossipers. So Proverbs 20, 19, verse 19 says, 
Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a simple babbler or a gossiper. Um, your closest friends shouldn't have hot temp- tempers. So Proverbs 22, 24, and 25 says, Make no friendship with a man given to anger, nor go with a wrathful man, lest you learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. Proverbs 23 tells us that our closest friends shouldn't be slobs or addicts, <laughs> okay? Yeah, I know, it's awesome. Um, it's Proverbs 23, 20 says, be not among drunkards or among gluttonous eaters of meat. For the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty and slumber will clothe them with rags. Proverbs 28, 7 says, um, the one who keeps the law is a son of understanding but a companion of gluttons shames his father. So our closest friends also shouldn't be leeches or freeloaders. And you're like, oh no. <laughs> Some of these are gonna hit home. Just wait. Some of these are gonna hit home. Proverbs 14, 20, it says, the poor is disliked even by his neighbors, but the rich man has many friends, right? Um, Proverbs 19, 4 says, wealth brings many new friends, but a poor man is deserted uh, by his rich. Proverbs 19.6 says, seek the favor of a generous man, and yet everyone is a friend to a man who gives gifts. And Eric's going to talk a little bit more about the rich and the poor in a later message. But, um, you know, the, uh, you, you shouldn't always try to make friends with people that you could just get stuff from. Or you shouldn't make friends that they're only there for uh, to get stuff from you. And then, uh, Finally, the, the Proverbs teach us that we shouldn't make close friends with criminals or pagans. And this is one of my favorite ones. Criminals or pagans, right? Um, Proverbs 24, 21 says, My son, fear the Lord and the king. And do not join with those who do otherwise. So people who don't fear God or don't fear the king, criminals or pagans. And now they're, and they're maybe reformed criminals, right? We, we, we can hang out with those people. But, um, you know, those, those are the people that, Proverbs tells us that it's just wise not to make close friendships with. And, you know, you might think, well, there goes all my friends. You know, <laughs> like, that's all I got. You know, those, those are the only people I got. And what I'm not telling you to do, I'm not telling you not to associate with those people. The scriptures are really clear. I mean, Jesus associated with all kinds of people, right? He was actually called a drunkard and a glutton because he ate with drunkards and gluttons. Um, and he ate with sinners, and he associated with tax collectors. But think about your closest friends. And really, this is where we can follow the example of Jesus in, in the way that he had friends. Um, if you look in Acts 1, there were about 120 people that Jesus called brothers. These would be close people to him. These are kind of the people that are in our lives that we are you know, somewhat close with. We see, we can pick up with them maybe if we don't see them too often but about 120 people in our outer circle of friendship. And then as we get closer, Jesus had 72 that he was close enough with to train, so he spent time with these people and then sent out. Um, And we see that in Luke 10. Um, And then, of course, we know that Jesus chose 12 disciples, and so those 12 are in his inner circle. Those are the the 12 that he spent the most time with. Um, And uh, we, we see him calling those disciples in Luke 6 and in John 15. And then he had three closest disciples. This was his inner circle, right? And that was Peter, James, and John. And then we even get the sense that in, in, uh, in the book of John that John 
his disciple John was like his best friend. Um, and it was the friend that he entrusted his mother to as he's dying on the cross. And so, you know, we can kind of set up our lives with those types of people. Um, so, uh, what can we do once we find good, good friends? We need to keep them. And some of us have good friends. Um, but first off, and I just want to say this to a side, uh, you know, this will be point two, keep, keep good friends. How do we keep good friends? Good friendships um, do start at home. And this is just kind of a, a side point. We could do a whole message on this. But married men, you especially need to hear this, that your best friend is your wife. So Solomon, the guy that wrote Proverbs, also wrote in um, Song of Solomon uh, that, that your, your spouse is your lover and your friend, right? And so those friendships start, do start at home. Um, and, and, and divorce always begins with a drifting of that friendship. It always, it always starts there. And so we can apply a lot of these Proverbs to our friendships with our, with our spouses, if we have them. Um, so first off, we, we keep good friends by being a good friend, okay? We keep good friends by being a good, good friend. And so um, Proverbs uh, 18.24, 1824 uh, the, in the New King James Version, it says, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. That's really cool. So how can we be, uh, how can we be friendly? Well, there's two real simple ways to be friendly. Um, first off, spend time with people. You're like, ah. Oh. I thought you said simple. It, it is simple. Um, and then the second one, another simple one, uh, talk to these people. So spend time with people and talk to these people. Um, and uh, you'll be surprised. So, so what do we do this? Um, how, how do we do this? Well, if you, if you haven't noticed that we as a church, we try to set things up, um, and, and really everything that we do has kind of a secondary purpose of putting people together so that they can form these types of friendships and relationships. And so that's why I actually stuck announcements. I'm gonna do announcements right now. Um, because the things that we're doing are there to help put you in a place where you can be friendly. Um, and one of the things that's coming up is uh, there's a women's Bible study that is starting um, with Val and Christina. So their contacts are here and I'm gonna actually pass this around. They are looking for a home um, so somebody to open up their home or a group of people to open up their home and um, to host it. And so there's uh, kind of an interest list going around. And so this would be for the ladies uh, mainly, right, uh, to, to go to. So you can sign that. But we do have something for the men coming up as well. Um, we have in two weeks, two weeks from yesterday actually, on January 27th, um, we have our Joshua tree. We call it a men's advance. Um, because men don't retreat, they just advance, right? And so it's just a day. Uh, we go out there for the day, um, Saturday. So this is, t it's two weeks, so you can mark your calendars. You can get it off of work if you need to, need to um, contact somebody about that. Um, it's Saturday, and we are going to meet 7 o'clock at this Krispy Kreme right off of the freeway right here, this Krispy Kreme Donuts. Um, we fuel up there, and then um, we're back home by 5 o'clock. So we're back by dinner time. You know, we could even, you, you know, wives, you can call your husband and say, hey, can you bring home some, some dinner on your way back? Um, and Mike Klein is the contact for that, so you can talk to him. He's way in the back. Um, he's got his hand up right there. So that would be a great, that is, is a great opportunity um, to, to build friendships. And then the other thing that we have coming up is a young marrieds uh, study. Are there, do we have some young marrieds in the house? Can I hear? Yeah, I, they're usually loud. They're usually good for, for a little bit of... Um, a little bit of noise. So they, they are, uh, uh, Ish and Christina are hosting this. 
uh, talk about a great way to build some relationships, to build some friendships um, early on and really get a great biblical foundation for your marriage. Um, and I know some of you are thinking, well, how young is young for marrieds? And you're like, ah, I'd like to go to this. Talk to Ish and Christina. They can decide. They can give you the, the okay or not. It's out of my hands. But that's going to be starting Sunday nights at uh, 6.30 at their home in just a couple weeks. January 28th is the night that they're starting that. Um, so we have these things kind of set in place um, to, to hopefully put, put you guys together. Um, so we, you know, the first step would be to go to things like that or things where you're, you're around people. And then the second step would be to talk to people. And I had a, um, a pastor when I was really young that would, uh, when I was uh, in, in college, he would call this the, the Philippians 2 principle. And um, in Philippians 2, it says to count others as more significant than yourself and look out for others' interests. So you go to these things and then you talk to them about themselves. You, know? <laughs> you think, oh, how is this person more significant than me? What, um, what interests do they have um, that I can look out for? And, and, and think about your circle, too. Some of those questions that you ask to people in the outer circle um, are probably not going to be quite as deep as the questions that you ask to the people in the inner circles, right? Those questions get deeper as, as people get closer. So um, we keep good friends by being a good friend. We keep good friends by being trustworthy and kind. Proverbs 16, 28 says, A dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer, separates close friends. So this is like a, hey, did you hear <laughs> You know, it's, it's the actual word whisper, somebody that's, you know, gossiping or um, separating friends. Proverbs twenty two eleven says, he who loves purity of heart and whose speech is gracious will have the king as his friend. Isn't that awesome? I, I love that. I want to read it again. That's Proverbs twenty two eleven. It says, he or she, right, he who loves purity of heart and whose speech is gracious will have the king as his friend. We keep good friends by being trustworthy and kind. We keep good friends by letting things go. We forgive and we move on. And, you know, this is something that our culture, uh, it's been, it's just the last few years has become such an, what, what people have called an outrage culture. And we actually like these things, unfortunately. We hate to admit it. We would say we don't, but we do. We crave things that make us angry and get us offended, right? And the media knows this. They're taking advantage of you and I. Um, they know this. They give us what some people actually call outrage porn. Okay, this is called outrage porn. This is a thing. Um, so it's an article about, you know, this person who made this sexist or racist comment or joke. Can you believe it? Their articles about the liberal media and their homosexual agenda or this agenda, and we gobble those up and then we share them and we get really angry and then we are ready for more, right? We gobble up, we, we want more and more. What do you think that kind of does to your friendships and your relationships? Right? As soon as somebody does something that makes you angry, it's like, Ah, oh, that's it. You know, you, you, we just get, get outraged. Proverbs 27.6 um, says that whoever covers an offense seeks love. Oh, sorry, no, no, sorry. I gave you the wrong one. Proverbs 17.9, 17.9. This would be another 
proverb to memorize, to commit to memory, it's so refreshing and grace-filled. Uh, it says, Proverbs 79, whoever covers an offense seeks love. So overlook it. You don't have to bring everything up. Uh, and then it goes on, it says, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. So once it's done, forgive, move on. You may not even need to talk to the person about it who offended you. So we keep good friends by letting things go. We forgive and move on. We also keep good friends by not letting things go. Okay, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I just said we keep good friends by letting things go. But you can't let everything go, right? And the Proverbs tell us that Proverbs are very nuanced, very nuanced on this. And I I love it because it's very complex. It says, uh, keep good friends by not letting things go. Proverbs 7, uh, this is 27.6. It says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. So sometimes we don't let it go, right? Um, Oscar Wilde put it this way. He says, a true friend stabs you in the front. (laughs) Right? I love that. I love that. Okay, but before you go around stabbing people in the front, okay, you have to make sure that they know that you are a true friend and they know that you love them. Um, You should never offer correction without affection. Never offer correction without affection. Um, One pastor wrote that we should never offer correction unless you approach it with a divine perspective of those you're correcting because your heart won't be filled with affection for them or with a fresh faith for change on their behalf. So you gotta believe that God, that, that God is gonna change this person and that they can change. Um, you're not just stabbing them to stab, stab them. You're stabbing them so that uh, they would be pierced and they, they, they would wanna change. Um, 27, Proverbs 27, nine goes on. So this is just a few verses down. It says, oil and perfume make the heart glad, and the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. I love that. The sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. And so we grow in our relationships and our friendships with each other by having the right amount of friction. Um, Proverbs 27, 17, a few Proverbs down, it says, same theme is, is woven throughout these Proverbs. 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man, or woman, right, sharpens another. As iron sharpens iron, so uh, one man sharpens another. And so if there's no friction at all in your relationships, you're gonna grow completely dull, right? If there's no friction at all, you become completely dull. But we gotta balance that out, right? If all there is is friction, you are gonna be worn out completely worn out, right? So you can think of those relationships too. We've all had them. We've had relationships where there's either way too much, too much uh, friction and, and it's exhausting and we're you know, confronting everybody on everything or there's not enough and so we aren't growing sharper at all. Um, and so there's gotta be a, a balance. And you know what? The cool thing is this is a place, this is a church where there are great friendships and I've, um, heard it said before, I don't know who said it, but that uh, people don't want a friendly church. They want friends. And, and this is the type of place, I, I was even talking with Eric this week, and he said he talked to somebody this week who said, a, a newer couple to a church, but they've known Eric for a long time. They said, man, there's a lot of people who are um, 
you know, going out of their way to build friendships with us. And it's people that we didn't know from before. So this is, this is a mark. I think this is something that uh, we have been doing well. But that's not to say that there isn't room to grow. And I think we can do better at making friendships. I think we can follow these principles, choose good friends, be better friends. Um, but we are all bound to fail. And we're all bound to be failed. And so um, if we just make friendship the goal, we can follow some you know, practical advice. Um, but we, we have to place our friendship on all of our friendships on the foundation of the ultimate friend, right? Of, of Christ himself. So you, you imagine kind of like building up this, this beautiful life of all of these friendships and it's really heavy and it's really tall and it's really big and then if it's not built on Christ, that thing will come crashing down on you. That will crush you. Um, when friends fail you, when you fail them, and you've, you've thought you've done everything right. But if we make our uh, friendships, if we build our friendships on the foundation of Christ, we can have um, rich friendships uh, that, will, that, that will do all of these things that the Proverbs say. You've been listening to the weekly podcast of the Menifee Campus of Covenant Grace Church. If you'd like to know more about Covenant Grace Church, visit us online at covgrace.org.